actually this week, uh, Pastor will be out of town for the district conference. So on Tuesday, please pray at home. Okay? But we will have service here Wednesday, regular time, 6.30 for prayer, 7 p.m. for service. So make sure you're here. All right. And then April 1st, game night for the youth and hyphen. This is going to be at um, our house from 6 to 9 p.m. Be sure to be there. Be ready to play whatever games you want to play. See who can beat pastor, right? (laughs) All right. April 9th is Easter, and we are going to have a sunrise service with breakfast starting at 6.30 a.m. and then uh, service following at 8. Also, ladies, um, if you can uh, start getting some gift cards, $25, either a Walmart or a Quick Trip gift card. Um, Those are going to go to our North American missionaries, and we're going to take those to ladies' retreat. So as you accumulate those, um, go ahead and give those to Sister Shepherd, and she will make sure that those go into the right uh, box at ladies' retreat. Hallelujah. All right. Wherever I am, I'll praise Him. Whenever I can, I'll praise Him. For His love surrounds me like a sea. I'll praise the name of Jesus. Lift up the name of Jesus. For the name of Jesus lifted me. Wherever I am, I'll praise Him. Whenever I can, I'll praise Him. For His love surrounds me like a sea. I'll praise the name of Jesus. Lift up the name of Jesus. For the name of Jesus lifted me. Wherever I am, I'll praise Him. Wherever I can, I'll praise Him. For His love surrounds me like a sea. I'll praise the name of Jesus. Lift up the name of Jesus. For the name of Jesus lifted me. Wherever I am, I'll praise Him. Whenever I can, I'll praise Him. For His love surrounds me like a sea. I'll praise the name of Jesus. Lift up the name of Jesus for the name of Jesus lifted me. Wherever I am, I'll praise Him. Whenever I can, I'll praise Him. For His love surrounds me like a sea. I'll praise the name of Jesus. Lift up the name of Jesus for the name of Jesus lifted me. 
Wherever I am, I'll praise Him whenever I can. I'll praise Him for His love surrounds me like a sea. I'll praise the name of Jesus. Lift up the name of Jesus for the name of Jesus lifted me. Let's praise, let's praise, let's praise the Lord. Let's praise, let's praise, let's praise the Lord. He brought me out and set me free from this old world of misery. Let's praise, let's praise the Lord. Come on, let's praise, let's praise, let's praise the Lord. Let's praise, let's praise, let's praise the Lord. He brought me out and set me free from this old world of misery. Let's praise, let's praise the Lord. Come on, let's praise, let's praise, let's praise the Lord. Let's praise, let's praise, let's praise the Lord. He brought me out and set me free from this old world of misery. Let's praise, let's praise the Lord. Come on, let's praise, let's praise, let's praise the Lord. Let's praise, let's praise, let's praise the Lord. He brought me out and set me free from this old world of misery. Let's praise, let's praise the Lord. Come on, let's praise, let's praise, let's praise the Lord. Let's praise, let's praise, let's praise the Lord. He brought me out and set me free from this old world of misery. Let's praise, let's praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's just do that. Let's give him the glory and the honor that he is due. He is worthy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I exalt your holy name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are holy. You are magnificent. You are mighty. You are wonderful. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I give you glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head for so? 
as I. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Was it for crimes that I have done, and grown upon the tree? Amazing pity, grace unknown, and love beyond degree. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Well might the sun in darkness hide, and shut his glories in. When Christ the mighty maker died, for man the creature's sin. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. But drops of grief can ne'er repay the debt of love I owe. Here, Lord, I give myself away. Tis all that I can do. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, 
And now I am happy all the day. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Lord, thank you for the sacrifice that you made for me. Oh, Lord Jesus, paying the debt for my sin. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Down at the cross where my Savior died. Down where for cleansing from sin I cried. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. I am so wondrously saved from sin. Jesus so sweetly abides within. There at the cross where he took me in. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. There was the blood applied. Glory to his name. Oh, precious fountain that saves from sin. I am so glad I have entered in. There Jesus saves me and keeps me clean. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. Come to this fountain so rich and sweet. Cast thy poor soul at the Savior's feet. Plunge into day and be made complete. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood applied. 
Glory to His name. Glory to His name. Glory to His name. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to His name. Praise God. Church, this God that we serve is worthy of all worship. He's worthy of all praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. It's He that sits upon the throne. His Word is absolute law in His creation. Hallelujah, Jesus. Indeed, all of creation bows its knee unto its Creator. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence in this place. Thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity you've given us to enter in. Thank you, Jesus, for hanging on a cross in my place, for paying the just punishment of my sins yourself. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. What an awesome, awesome, awesome God we serve here today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Jesus. You are a great God. You are a mighty King, a glorious Savior. I worship you, I worship you, I worship you today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. My God is worthy. He's altogether worthy. He's absolutely worthy to receive all worship, to receive all praise, all glory, all honor. Hallelujah, Jesus. All power and all strength is His. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. We have an awesome God. We serve an awesome God. Amen. Praise God. Before you're seated, uh, just a couple things. I want to formally recognize our visitors, Brother and Sister Hoffman. They're here from Brother Jacob's church. Amen. Please pray with them. They're looking for a house. They are moving, in the process of moving. Uh, Please pray that their house sells and that they find the house that God has in store for them. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. We are so glad to have you with us this morning. Good to see Austin again. Amen. That's the last time you get that. From here on out, you're one of us now. (laughs) Amen. So good to see you again, sir. Praise God. uh, Sister Rudy is going to be ministering the word of the Lord as she comes. I'm going to ask us one more time to lift our hearts, our hands, our voices to the Lord our God. Amen. Let's pray for this service that God would have His perfect way here. We want to see His will accomplished. Not Sister Rudy's, not mine, not yours. His. All the way through. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, You're an awesome God. Praise God. Lord, we're, we're expecting great and mighty things from a great and mighty God. Praise God. Praise God, Sister Rudy. I pray, Lord, that your perfect will would be manifest in this. Let's pray, church. Hallelujah, Jesus. We're expecting great things, mighty things, wondrous things from an awesome God in this place. I pray, God, that faith would be released into this assembly today. That we could, that we would believe you for all things. Whatever it is your soul desires to accomplish here, that it would be accomplished in our presence, in our midst. In Jesus' name we pray. Jesus' name. Let's give glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. 
He's worthy of all our praise. All our praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. You know, if we just came and just worshipped him, it would have been worth it. Our time would have been well spent. I just need to get to where I'm at. Is there a difference between a girlfriend and a wife? (laughs) Oh, there's a great difference, isn't there? You know, if you're a girlfriend, you have choices. That's right. (laughs) Might not be the one. So, you know, you get ready to go and you're going to meet that guy and, and you're thinking, boy, it better be worth it this time. You know, I had to get up early, and this doesn't just happen, so it was a lot of work, so it better be worth it. And you get there, and you're going, okay, what you got for me today? What is it? Come on, come on, show up. Better be better than the last time. There's a lot of guys out there. But then the bride, oh, the bride, it's so different. They're precious. You know, when the bride comes through those doors, all eyes turn and they're looking at her. But when the bride comes through that door, she's only looking at one person, and that's the groom. What is the expression on his face? Oh, he's glad to see me. And her heart starts to beat. And as she's walking towards him, oh, that's my beloved. Oh, yes, he's looking at me. He loves me. I can see by the expression of his face. Oh, it's going to be worth it. I can't wait to be where my groom is, to where my beloved is. My question to you today is, have you prepared your heart to seek God? The title today is going to be Guiding God's Presence. Ryan, could you put that up on the screen, please? We've heard a lot about God's presence in the last month, and he has laid this on my heart for a couple of months now. I don't want to be casual with God. I don't want to take advantage of his presence. I don't want to just assume, because I'm called by his name, that I can take advantage of him. I don't want it to be casual. It's not, it's a relationship, and I want to guard that relationship with him. So the first place we're going to go to is Genesis 3, and we're going to look at verses 8 and 9. And it says, And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God among the trees in the garden. And the Lord called unto Adam, Adam, Adam. And he said unto him, Where art thou? And of course, we all know this this passage. We all know that Adam and Eve were in the garden. 
you know, every day the Lord would come and walk with them. In the cool of the day, his presence was with them. We don't know how long they were in that garden. We don't know what they talked about. But every evening, the Lord came to them. His presence was there. He was walking with them. And because of one disobedience, there were so many consequences that they could not have foreseen. Because they ate of the fruit, they were disobedient. There was sorrow in childbirth, and even today. Because of their disobedience, the ground was cursed. Because of their disobedience, blood had to be shed, innocent blood. And because of their disobedience, they were driven out of the Garden of Eden. Of all the consequences that came to Adam and Eve, I can't help but think that it was the presence of the Lord that they missed the most. That they realized how much, how precious that was. But it wasn't until that moment when they no longer had that daily that they could appreciate the presence of God. And then they had sons, Cain and Abel. And we know the story. Abel was a shepherd. Cain, he was a tiller of the ground. They brought sacrifices. No doubt God had spoke to them about what the sacrifice was supposed to look like. They knew. Adam and Eve had taught them well. But there was something that lingered in Cain. It was iniquity. You know what iniquity is? Doing things my way. Yep, doing things my way. We're all guilty of that. So he tilled the ground. And let's go to Genesis 4, 5 through 7. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had no respect. Cain was very wroth. And his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? Why is thy countenance fallen? If thou dost well, shall thou not be accepted? And if thou dost not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire. And thou shall rule over him. And then let's go to verse number 16, 416. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod and on the east of Eden. So Cain and Abel did their sacrifices, and God accepted Abel's because it was a blood sacrifice, but Cain's he didn't accept. Cain had worked hard for that. He had been diligent. He had a harvest. Why couldn't God accept that? Because God had a plan. Our ways are not God's ways. And we can't dictate to God how it, what it should look like, what it should be. He has given us the principles, the laws, the guide. So why was Cain so wroth? You know, he was so angry that he took it out on 
Abel, and he murdered him. It must have grieved Adam and Eve to know that because of their sin, now Cain was a murderer. They had lost a son. It must have grieved him that Cain was driven from the presence of God. It must have grieved them so much because they knew what it was to be in the presence of God. When you know what it's like to be in the presence of God, Every time we come, every time we pray, we just want to get to that place where we're in the throne room with the King of Kings and the Lord of Glory. There's nothing better. Nothing, nothing that you could buy would be better than that. Nothing that we could shop for or eat or no pleasure in this world can match the glory and the presence of the Lord. It must have been such a grievance to them. And it must have grieved God. You know, he grieves. He desires for us to desire him. He is our bridegroom. He desires to have that fellowship and that communion and that relationship with us. It's not what you can give me. It's because of who you are that I love you. I am so grateful for Calvary. I am so grateful that God had a plan that there was going to that Jesus would die on the cross and shed his blood for my sins. I am so grateful for that. But I seek him because of who he is. God's presence. The Israelites didn't always honor that. They didn't always get it. Let's go to Exodus 33, 8 through 14. There's so much about God's presence that we don't even understand. And it came to pass when Moses went out into the tabernacle that all the people rose. They rose up and stood, every man in his tent door, and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass, as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the cloud, the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose up and worshipped every man in his tent door. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. He turned again into the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. And Moses said unto the Lord, See thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me Know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name. Thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, My presence shall go with thee, 
and I will give you rest. You know, Joshua stayed where the presence of the Lord was because he understood what that was, what it meant. You know, God's presence will give you rest. Sometimes do you get weary? Sometimes I get so weary in my soul. But it's God's presence that can give us rest, that can restore us, that can renew us, that can give you the oomph that you need to fight this battle because we are in a battle and the war has begun and we need his presence to lead us, to guide us, to direct us. I don't want to be out of his presence. You can have his presence in your bedroom. You can have his presence at the kitchen sink. You can have his presence in your car. You can have his presence when you're working. All you have to do is speak his name and he's there. I want to know his presence. I want to be in his presence. I want to guard that presence. I don't want to take it for granted. I don't want to treat him like he's my boyfriend. That when I have time for you, you're there. But if I don't have time for you, if I've got my own agenda, I've got stuff that I've got to do. You have so much time, but you know what? I've got to get this, this, and this done. And you better, it's either now or never, until later, because i got the stuff to do, and we all do have stuff to do. And some of us still have jobs, but you can still bring his presence with you. You can still meditate upon his word. You can still speak his name under your breath. You can bring his presence where you go. His peace that passes all understanding can walk with you so that when you come into a place, people are wondering, what is it about that person? Why are they so peaceful? There's something different about them. It's because God's presence is with you. You know, the ark of the testimony was God's witness. In the Old Testament, it was like his presence That's where they felt like his presence was. In the tabernacle, it was behind the holiest of holies. And they were supposed to respect that. Only once a year could the high priest go behind that holiest of holies. And when they took the tabernacle down, and they they took the tabernacle and everything that was in it, the furniture, it was covered. That ark of testimony was covered. It was special. It was God's presence, and they were to treat it like that specialness. It was not just any old piece of furniture. It, was God, it represented God's testimony, his witness, his presence. So where they went and how they were to treat it, God had already given them the instructions. Let's go to Samuel. Let's talk about Hopni and Phineas. So this is a very familiar story. We're going to go, we're going to skip over Judges. We're going to go over to first Sam, Second Samuel, or it's First Samuel, I'm sorry. First Samuel, is it two? Yes, two. We're going to read 12 through verses 17, and then we're going to read verse 30. Now the sons of Eli were sons of by Leah, they knew not the Lord. And the priest's custom was with the people was that when the ma- any man offered sacrifice, the priest's servants came, and while the flesh was in the seething, 
with a flesh hook of three teeth in his hand. And he stuck it into the pan or the cauldron or the kettle. And he put all the flesh hook brought up. And the priest took that for himself so that they did in Shiloh unto all the brethren and came thither. And before they burnt the fat, the priest's servant came and said to the man that sacrificed, Give flesh to roast for the priests, for he will not have sodden flesh of them, but raw. And if any man say unto thee, Let them not fail to burn the fat presently, and then take as much as thy soul desireth, then he will answer him, Nay, but thou shalt give it now, and if not, I will take it by force. Wherefore, the sin of the young man were very great before the Lord, and the men had hoarded the offerings of the Lord. Can you go to verse 30? Wherefore, the Lord God of Israel saith, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord saith, Be it far from me. For them that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. So, of course, the story is about Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas. They were Eli's sons. They were gluttonous. And so, you know, the custom was that when the meat was in the cauldron, in the seething pot, then the priest could go take that flesh hook, grab some meat, and that was theirs to eat. That's how they were sustained. But because they were gluttonous, they changed it, and they said, you know what, we, we're going to go and take the best cuts of meat that we want. They sent their servants to go get that meat. And they said, if the priest there that's sacrificing says no to you, you take it by force. That's how deluded they were. They also lay with the woman that came to the tabernacle. They were so, it was so abominable. God had already spoken once to Eli about his household. He told them that Eli needed to take this matter in his own hands, that he needed to rebuke his sons. Actually, they should have been removed from the priesthood because they were not honoring God's presence. They were deciding to do things their way. They didn't honor the position that they had. They thought they could do it their way. And finally God said, you know, Eli, I promised you that you, this line would last forever. But the judgment came. Samuel came. When Samuel came and God spoke to him, again, he repeated to Eli, because you have not taken care of the situation, because your children are being abominable to me, and they are causing the Israelites to turn their face from me. Your household, there's not going to be an old man that's going to live in your household. And your sons, Eli and Hophni and Phinehas, they're going to die. In fact, they all died in the same day. Eli, too, was gluttonous. He was a heavy man because they desired something 
that was not theirs to desire. They didn't desire the presence of the Lord. They desired the gifts, the things that they could get from God, from being in that position. But they didn't honor and desire the presence of the Lord. They took advantage of it. And because of it, they called, uh, caused others to, to fall. And because of it, their lineage was affected by it. Because they didn't realize God's presence It's not something that you can just say flippantly, it's going to be here now, and then it's, and when I need it, it's going to be there. But you know what? I don't have time for it right now because I got better and bigger things to do and accomplish. Whenever they went, when they went across the Jordan into the promised land, what went before them? The Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of the Testimony, the presence of God went before them. You know, even the Philistines, talking about Eli and, and Hophni and Phinehas, they, the Philistines knew what the Ark of the Covenant was. They knew it represented, it represented the, the presence of God. So they didn't, when, when the Philistines were there, the Israelites decided to go out to battle. But they never inquired of the Lord, is this what you want us to do? You know, every day we need to ask, Lord, what, what is your plan for me today? You know that I have this and this to do. You know I have a job to do. But there might be somebody there at that job that really needs to talk to you, to speak to you. But if you're in your own zone and you have your own things that you want to accomplish and you're not sensitive to God's spirit and to his presence, you might miss that opportunity. Sometimes it's one word spoken. Sometimes it's like, how are you today? I'm not very well. Well, if you don't pursue that, that might be your door of opportunity to pray with them, to speak with them, to encourage them. So they went out to battle, the Israelites did. And they didn't inquire of the Lord. And you know what? It wasn't going so well for them. So Hophni and Phinehas decided to go. Somebody went to the holiest of holies that wasn't supposed to and brought brought that ark out to the battle. And God did not say that was okay. That was not what he wanted them to do. And when they brought it out to the, to the battle, the Philistines knew what that was. They knew that that represented, represented the presence of God. So the Israelites, when they saw it, they shouted. They were happy. They were thinking, okay, the presence of the Lord is here. Now we're going to win this battle. But the Philistines... They were fearful because they had heard the testimonies of what God had done to the Egyptians. They knew what God had done. They knew what he was capable of doing. Their God was not able to do that. So they were fearful. But their king said, don't be afraid. We're going to go to battle and we're going to win this battle. And they did. Because the presence of the Lord, God, they did not bring the presence of the Lord. They went and just did whatever they wanted to do. And it was captured and it was taken away. But even the Philistines couldn't stand in that presence. They, they took it to their house of their God, the Dagon. And that statue of Dagon, it fell on its face. And they picked it up. And the next day, not only did it fall on its face, but its head and its hands from that statue were broken off. Because God's presence was there. Nobody and nothing is going to glory in God's presence. 
We, we cannot take it for granted. It is something so precious, so pure, so holy. He is holy. It is a gift from him. So there was a plight that came to the Philistines, and finally they just sent it back to the Israelites because they knew that their gods were not capable. They were not capable. They were not like this God of the Israelites. And when the people went into the promised land, the testimony, the ark of the testimony, the presence of the Lord went before them. God said, I will fight for you. You know, when they marched around Jericho, the ark of the Lord told them to take the ark of the covenant. They didn't have to say a word. They just marched for seven days. And it brought fear upon the people of Jericho because they had heard what the God of the Israelites was capable of doing. They had heard of the pestilence that had happened to Egypt. They had heard about the Red Sea being parted, and then the Egyptians had been drowned in the Red Sea. They had heard that God had parted the the Jordan when it was overflowing during the flood season. They knew what God could do. They knew about the presence of the Lord. They were aware, and it brought fear to their hearts because their gods were not able to do what this God could do. And Brother Brother Becker's already talked. He's talked so much about everything that I wanted to say today because the God has a sequence. He has a purpose and he has a plan, and he wants us to understand that we are living in perilous times, folks. Things are coming that quickly and fast, and if we don't, if we don't appreciate his presence, if we don't bring it with us where we go, we're not going to have rest. We're not going to have peace. We're not going to under, you know, we might not understand what's going on, but we have to believe that the presence of the Lord is with us, that he is taking care of us. No situation, no circumstance. I don't care what they say. God is with us. He's our provider. He takes care of us. He supplies every need that we have. He's our healer and our physician. He's the king of glory, the Lord of hosts, the Lord strong and mighty. He's mighty in battle. And we need to understand this and be aware of it. And, you know, the Lord just brought to my mind about the prodigal son in a different way that I've never looked at it before. And Brother Becker's talked about it. We're not going to read about it. But you know what? That younger son did have a relationship with his father. If he didn't, he would not have been able to go to him and say, I want my inheritance now. If they didn't have a relationship, then he would not have had the ability to go to him and say, this is what I want now. But the thing that he didn't understand, the thing that he didn't possess, the thing that he didn't honor was the presence of his father. And neither did the older son. He didn't understand what the presence of his father meant. They didn't meet, they did not miss the presence of, the, of his, their father until he was no longer there. The younger boy had to go to the pig pen before he realized what the presence of his father meant. And the younger son had to wait till the death of his father before he truly understand and understood what the presence of the Lord meant, what it was. Let's go to Luke 7. We're going to read verses 36 through 50. And this, too, is a familiar passage. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would 
eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at, at his feet behind him, weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. And when the Pharisees, which had been, had been bidden, him saw it, he spake within himself, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this was that touched him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say against thee. And he saith, Say on. There was a creditor which had two debtors, one owed five hundred pence and the other fifty. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave the most. And he said to him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. And thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou dost not anoint, but this woman has anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom love, to who little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. There's three passages in Scripture that talk about Simon and talk about this in Matthew 26 and Mark 14. And one of them says, Simon the leopard, he was a Pharisee. Apparently he had been healed because if he was lepros- had leprosy at that time, he would have had to isolate. But here he was having a feast and he invited the Pharisees and he invited Jesus to come in. But he didn't understand. He didn't love that presence that Jesus brought. But this woman, a sinner, sinner among sinners, so they would say, She knew who he was. She knew the debt that she owed to him. You know, we don't even have foot washing services anymore because people 
had this thing about feet. But it's the most amazing thing. She loved him. She went to the place. His feet had all the dirt of the world on him that day. And she went and she wept. And she washed his feet. And she anointed them with a precious ointment. Because she knew what the presence of the Lord meant. She knew what it had done for her. She didn't take it casual and she didn't take it lightly. The price that she was willing to pay just to anoint his feet, just to kiss him, just to be in his presence. When nobody else wanted her there, Jesus wanted her there. He appreciated her and he loved her. We are all sinners, but but by the grace of God, come we to his presence. I don't want to be casual. I want to prepare myself to seek him every day. I want to be where my bridegroom is. I long to go home, to see him face to face. But until then, I don't want it to be casual or to be taken for granted. I appreciate his love, his presence. I appreciate every gift that he's given me. But most of all, I appreciate the great salvation, his word that will never pass away. His word will keep you. It will guide you. I just think we need to spend some time, not five minutes, not ten minutes. Can we just get in his presence? Let him dismiss you. Let him tell you when it's enough. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Sister Rudy. Let's all stand. Amen. Let's all come to the front. There ought to be nothing more important, no one more important in our lives than Jesus Christ. If we are his sons, his daughters.